Hey folks, this is Pete Brown, host of the Mindset Digital Podcast. Today's episode's about live streaming, and I just wanted to let you know that unfortunately, there's no Tool Time segment in today's episode. Tool Time! We had recorded a Tool Time segment about a service called Catch with a K, which was a really neat service, which would automatically capture and store your live periscopes and meerkats. But as we were about to hit the publish button on Friday on this episode, Catch announced that they were discontinuing the service. So it seemed kind of weird to recommend it as a tool, since as of May 4th, it will no longer be functioning. Rest assured, Mike the Toolman Taylor will be back in our next episode with more tool recommendations. And hopefully those tools will stay in business long enough for us to publish the episode. Just one more quick note. In one of our interviews, we put way more people in our recording studio than it is designed to accommodate. So we were passing microphones, and in a couple places we had to goose the audio so we could capture everything. All right, you guys ready to go? Let's do this. No more Dave. The Mindset Digital Podcast. Three, two, one. A social network where everybody is always live, which personally sounds terrifying to me. It but... sounds like prom. They should call it prom. <laughs> Hopefully there's going to be an audience there because I, I, I... Unless can't... it's a zombie prom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know... You millennials sounds... love zombie jokes. Yeah. You throw a zombie into any punchline and you guys yeah. are going to lie. Shall we begin? Let's begin now. Welcome to the Mindset Digital Podcast. Insights and analysis from the intersection of social media, learning, and technology. In this episode, we dive into the world of live streaming right from your smartphone as we put Periscope, Meerkat, Facebook, and YouTube live streaming to the test. And Mindset Digital Creative Director Pete Brown attempts to make the office millennials laugh with a TV clip from 1963. Sounds like a disaster in the making. Speaking of which, here's Pete. Hey, wait, what? Thanks, Bria. And you are, uh, on this podcast, you're in uh, several segments, if I'm not mistaken. I am. So we don't have to wait to the outro to hear you again. No, thank goodness. All right, good times. Well, everyone, I'm really excited about this show because in a lot of ways, I've been thinking about remote broadcasting and live streaming for, for more than 30 years. Let me explain by taking you back for just a moment to the late 1980s. I am a moody teenager. I've got this 12-inch old black-and-white TV in my room, and I'd stay up late on Saturday nights so I could watch Saturday Night Live. And, and on the Weekend Update segment, which was hosted by Dennis Miller at this time, he would throw to his correspondent Al Franken in the field. And Al Franken comes on screen, and he's got this crazy get-up on. He's wearing like a motorcycle helmet that has this giant satellite dish on top, and then... There's a big arm that's holding a camera on him, and he calls himself Weekend Update's self-contained one-man mobile uplink unit. He had all of the equipment he needed to broadcast remotely from anywhere in the world, and I want to tell you that the moody teenager that I was thought this was one of the coolest things I had ever seen. And I got to be honest, I don't know that I really understood that it was a joke. And what would happen on these segments was that Al Franken's equipment, when he was the mobile one-man uplink unit, would always be getting him into trouble. So he was trying to report on a big drug deal, for example, and all the criminals saw his equipment. And so... Quite a few segments ended with him running away or trying to run away from pursuers 
during the first Gulf War, he was doing remotes from the Middle East. And one of the jokes was that the tracking mechanism on a Tomahawk missile locked onto him and was chasing him down. equipment has become unplugged uh, but hopefully we'll be seeing more of our one-man mobile uplink unit Al Frank and so the idea of the one-man mobile uplink unit was was funny enough that it made regular appearances on weekend update even as late as 2004 in the Iraq war so we're gonna bring the story to March of 2015 which was just about a year and a month ago from when I'm recording this at the South by Southwest Festival in Austin, Texas, an app called Meerkat launches. And Meerkat lets you basically live stream from your phone at the touch of a button. Super easy to use. You'd start your broadcast. The app would automatically post it to Twitter so people could find it and click on the link and they would immediately see what you were filming. Uh, not only that, people could interact with you. They can like it. They could send emojis. They could uh, type in comments and send them to you. So it wasn't just live streaming. It wasn't just real-time video from your phone, but it was also two-way. It was interactive communication. And the people at the festival absolutely loved it. I remember reading the stories. I wasn't there, but reading the buzz coming out of it. Immediately, celebrities started getting on board with it. And it just seemed like this neat, new, cool thing. And for reasons that I, I probably still can't explain, one of the first things people did with this new live streaming app was to start a hashtag called hashtag fridge view and basically live stream tours of the insides of their refrigerators. That was the thing that happened. It's the internet. So anyway, not long after Meerkat's launch at South by Southwest, Twitter launches a competing app called Periscope. Well, not only did they launch Periscope, at that same time they sort of cut off Meerkat's access to their social graph. They made it a, a little more difficult uh, for people to find a Meerkat live stream and a whole lot easier for people to find a Periscope live stream. Now this is also the time when we here at Mindset Digital started up a video series that we call Fast Focus, where about once a month we put out a very short, fast-paced, highly visual video, about two to three minutes, about some something that's happening in the world of digital communications that we find interesting. So there's new technology out there that some people are saying is going to completely reinvent broadcast media. I'm a little dubious because it seems like the first thing that's been happening is people have been live streaming the contents of their refrigerator. Who knows if it's the next big thing, but it's definitely had a lot of buzz in the last few months. So I'm Deborah Jasper. And I'm Betsy Hubbard. And this is Mindset Digital's Fast Focus. And we're really going to start today by talking about Meerkat. You gotta love the name. Tell me more about it. And so the very first Fast Focus video we did, and by the way, you're welcome to check out our Fast Focus videos on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can also find them all at mindsetdigital.com backslash Fast Focus. So the very first Fast Focus video we did was about live streaming and this looming battle royale between Periscope and Meerkat, because this really was shaping up to be an interesting story. You had Meerkat, somewhat of an underdog, but with the first mover advantage. Then you have Twitter with a lot more resources behind there. You know, as soon as as soon as Twitter cut off access, Meerkat immediately turns around and integrates with Facebook and beats Periscope into the Android store. So although they were the underdog here, 
they were definitely fighting back. So that's a great hook into the story. But we also really wanted to think about the possibilities and problems that live streaming poses. I mean, at that point, it had been a great thing at South by Southwest. I guess it was neat to peek into people's fridges and see behind the scenes of some of your favorite television shows. But other than that, not a whole lot had been going on. Quite a few analysts were predicting that live streaming would change the upcoming 2016 elections, that they would be the Periscope elections. And these apps really raise a lot of issues around rights and rights management. And that became very clear when Floyd Mayweather fought Manny Pacquiao on a huge pay-per-view fight that quite a few people who bought the fight were then live streaming using Periscope or Meerkat. So you could go to Periscope, and I'm not saying I did this, but I totally did, and search for hashtag Maypac and there would be people live streaming the fight. And the interesting thing was the people who owned the pay-per-view would then be in real time finding these streams and sending takedown notices to Twitter and then Twitter would take down those streams. So we knew that this technology was going to ask a bunch of important questions and pose a lot of interesting problems and that these questions and problems would transcend where we were at that point in time which was peeking into people's refrigerators. So this episode of the Mindset Digital Podcast is checking in on these questions just about a year down the road, 13 months in fact. A lot has happened in the live streaming space in the past year, and we're going to break it down for you. Perhaps most notably, Facebook got into the game with Facebook live streams, and they came out uh, in August, I think, of 2015 for celebrities and special people only. But then just earlier this year in 2016, they rolled out for the rest of their users. In fact, the, the very week that I'm recording this episode, Facebook is wrapping up their annual F8 conference where they sort of lay out the roadmap of the future and the role that live streaming plays in that roadmap is absolutely huge and significant and very clear. And I should point out here, I've been talking about live streaming for a few minutes now and I haven't once said YouTube or Google. And if that seems unusual, it's certainly not going to continue. You certainly have been able to live stream to YouTube for some time now, but doing so from a phone has required the use of a third-party app, and there's a bunch of them that are out there to do it. Probably because of this, I think this idea of live streaming on YouTube from your phone hasn't quite gathered the same amount of cachet as Facebook or Meerkat or Periscope have. Google's about to change that. In the end of March of this year, we saw our first reports that they were working on a product called YouTube Connect, which is basically a Periscope competitor. It is an app that will let you live stream from your phone directly to your YouTube channel. And the rumors are that Google will actually launch this app either at or just before their annual conference for developers, Google I.O., which is in May. So I have to be honest with you, I'm actually super eager to get our live streaming podcast out before that happens, because I would hate to put out a whole podcast on live streaming right at the same time Google decides to change the game. So the goal today is to check in on all of these live streaming services, find out who's doing well with them, What's what's happened in the past year? Who's falling behind? You know, the team here felt like it wouldn't be right to do a whole podcast about live streaming without doing some actual live streaming. What we're going to do is we're going to live stream the recording of one of my favorite parts of every podcast episode, which is something on the internet guaranteed to make you laugh. So if you're listening to the podcast now because you happen to catch that live stream, welcome. 
I hope you check out our other episodes. And if you didn't catch the live stream as it was happening, we'll put some links in the show notes where you can go back and replay that video. And you can see me attempt to make a handful of office millennials laugh at something that I once saw late at night on television when I was at college in the early 1990s. So we're trying to decide what channel we wanted to use to live stream the recording of the podcast. Is it going to be Periscope, Facebook? Should we check in with Meerkat? And then we just had the idea that we would live stream it simultaneously on all of them. So to do that, we built a, a special camera rig that holds four phones. We call it the Streaminator. You know, this was a low-budget camera rig that we put together with some PVC pipe and a bunch of selfie sticks that we, we took apart. And as as the Streaminator came together, we realized that, you know, if you are live streaming at the same time on Periscope, Facebook, Meerkat, and YouTube, it's not just a live stream. It's a mega stream. Right. So it's been a lot of fun planning for the Megastream. And as I record this, we have not yet done it. Uh, we are learning a lot as we put it together. But to be honest, I'm a little bit nervous. So we'll, we'll have to see how this goes. So we've got a lot to get to today. Starting off, I'm going to bring in three of the smarty pants who work here at Mindset Digital. Among their duties is keeping me up to speed on new technologies. And in our conversation, we find out where we are with Periscope, Meerkat, and Facebook live streaming. How is everyone? Everyone okay? It's crowded. We've never had this many people we in haven't. here. We haven't. You nope. know? Okay, so joining me now, I've got three of the very smart people who work here, and it's their job to know about the things that we're talking about. First up here, we have Wiener. Hi, Wiener. Hi, Pete. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? Good. So remember, Wiener, uh, in episode two, was keeping me up to speed on Snapchat? That's correct. Next up is Bria Val. Hi, Bria Val. Hey! Bria Val, you're all going to rec- recognize her voice from the uptops. From the uptops. That's right. And uh, doing a couple interviews for us on this, this podcast as yeah. well. Okay, yeah. very good. Good to see you. Uh, and JJ, Jessica James. Hey, hey. And I think this is your first appearance on the podcast, but you've been producing it for us. Yep. And you're the one that makes it go out into the world. Yep. Okay, so we are starting with Wiener. Wiener, you are Meerkat. Yes. And not a Meerkat. You are Meerkat, right. the live streaming network. And I talked about it in the opening of the show, uh, the fast rise, and you're here to tell me a, a bit of a fall for Meerkat. Where are we about a year down the road with Meerkat? Sure. So since it's Silicon Valley, it's not a fall. It's a pivot. Okay. We're, we're just going to we're gonna learn from that. So they they are essentially no longer functioning as a live streaming app. The app but still... It, but it's still on my phone. It's <laughs> It still works. Okay. They have not thrown any development resources at it. I think their last feature was in September of 2015. Okay. So let me ask you, we kind of covered this on a Fast Focus module in May 2015, right after it had come out, and Twitter had cut off access to the social graph. But they they seemed like they were fighting back. So what happened between then and now? It, so it seems like the big thing between then and now is that, and this is, I think, Meerkat's own you know, CEO has come out with this, is that anymore, you know, live streaming can't just be the end. You know, like this, this one-to-many broadcasting needs to be a feature to a greater platform. So like Facebook, they've got the network there. Everyone's already on it. You know, Peri- uh, Twitter had Periscope. Meerkat really just had Meerkat, and that just didn't seem to be enough to keep the following going over the past year. So uh, who is, is who's using Meerkat? <laughs> to, to be honest, no I, I, have, yeah, I, have, I have no idea. I used it this past week okay. for the podcast, sure. and I saw some, some popular videos that were recommended to me, some live streams, had yeah. about 20 to 30 people on them okay. at any given time. Okay. That so I, it's still out there. Whatever servers in the background power it are still running. 
Yeah, although, I mean, I, I would be very afraid to see the group of diehard meerkatters who are going down with the ship yeah. still streaming yeah. out their videos. Yeah. And yet, meerkat's going to be part of the Mindset Digital Mega Stream that's coming up later uh, next week. Yeah. How um, do you think that's going to go? Um, I, so I got to say, so we, so we talked about this uh, offline earlier. I, I think, for better or worse, this might be the, uh, the platform where we get the most interesting interactions. I mean, I think these people just have nothing left to, to lose. It's the true meerkat enthusiasts. Oh, yeah. People were like, I'm all in on meerkat. <laughs> yeah, if you're browsing for a meerkat stream in the afternoon, this is, this is it. So it seemed to me, <laughs> and who wouldn't be? It seemed to me that early on, meerkat, like a lot of celebrities were on there. Like right after South by Southwest and even after Periscope came out, it still seemed like Jimmy Fallon was on Meerkat. Mm-hmm. You know, is, is, has that kind of died off? That's or? died off. They had their one big coup was they, they Meerkatted like Madonna's new music video or performance. And even that ended up crashing midway through, which just ultimately seemed like some sort of great sad metaphor for the entire service. I gotcha. So so more or less you as a representative of Meerkat on this podcast are a dead man walking. <laughs> yes. Okay. Now tell me what they are trying to pivot into. Sure. So I, having having learned from their their early missteps, uh, they, they want to pivot to and he describes this, let me let me get the exact wording right. A social network where everybody is always live, which personally sounds terrifying to me. It but... sounds like prom. They should call it prom. <laughs> Hopefully there's gonna be an audience there because I, I, I Unless can't... it's a zombie prom. <laughs> yeah, I mean you know you millennials sounds... love zombie jokes. Yeah. You can throw a zombie into any punchline and you guys yeah, are gonna lie. I have a huge <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. So, so it's a social network where everybody's. So, if so, if I go on there, I'm on there live. Maybe. So he hasn't released a lot of details about this yet, yeah. uh, but saying it'll kind of take in elements of yeah. like Google Hangouts or Skype, yeah. and then the other big thing that they found is that maybe this will be a lot more uh, like friend-based rather than strangers. I gotcha. Any words of wisdom for future types of startups that are. I mean, do you, is there a lesson of Meerkat? I, I think the lesson is the one that they identified that, you know, if your entire app is basically just a feature, yeah. I mean, any more in a crowded marketplace, I, I don't think that's going to be enough to survive in social. I mean, there's just too many platforms to choose from. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. Stick around, Wiener. We're, first of all, good work. I know you drew the, the short straw to get Meerkat. Uh, do you, are you on Meerkat? Can we, can we follow you? <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Very good. All right. Thanks, Wiener. Uh, thank right. you, Pete. Okay. So next up, uh, we're going to talk Periscope with Briavel. Hi, Briavel. Hey. Uh, and I'm just for for the listeners, letting them know that the three of you are sharing a microphone. So <laughs> that's a rule. Until you're 40, you don't get your own mic. All right. That joke did not land. <laughs> Let me try it again. Until you're 40 and a zombie, you don't get your own mic. I love it. Okay. Okay, so Periscope now, of, of all the things we're talking about today, is the one I have the most experience with because of Mindset. We've used it in some of our back-channel engagements, and I taught a workshop on it to the Arts Council here in town. You remember that? Yes. This is the one where I tripped yeah. and fell halfway through. But, but I got through it. The rest Wiener's of it went laughing great, off camera. It's okay. You can laugh out loud. <laughs> so I'm really interested now uh, to know where we are with Periscope in terms of numbers, like how many people are u- actually using it. Yeah. So Periscope just celebrated its one-year birthday, which is really exciting. Um, and so when they released the numbers, there were kind of some interesting things there. Um, so the big, the big nice number is every day people watch 110 years of video on Periscope. But 
interestingly enough, the one number that they didn't report was users. Okay. They just kind of left that off the report. Sure. So the most recent one we have for that is 10 million registered, and I think it's around 1.9 daily users, 1.9 million. Okay, active users like each day. Yeah, and yeah. Are they scoping or are they just watching scopes? They might just be, I think, I think probably more watching okay then yeah but but it's interesting that they didn't mention that in their most recent report so there must be nothing dazzling to report there was there (laughs) anything about like demographics like is this skewing towards anybody yes so 41 percent are 16 to 24 41 41 percent yeah and um three in four of users are under 35 and it is 65 percent male is it really it is Whoa. It is. That's interesting. Why, do you, why you, do you guys think that is? Um, my speculation oh, is um, I think that, well, personally, I think that uh, women are more uh, wary of dealing with comments mm, than yes. men are. And because yeah, yeah. Periscope is so interactive, yes. um, you get a real grab bag of comments yeah. coming in at you. Yeah. And some of them can really... I, I might have experienced that. I'm not gonna, <laughs> not gonna go on the record and say what happened during one of my periscopes. But Wiener, you were watching. <laughs> and what did you spit out the cereal you were eating? It, yeah, it was a bowl of Special K with red berries. Nice. Again, this episode of the Mindset Digital Podcast is brought to you by Special K with red berries. But wasn't it like six o'clock in the evening? Yeah. Were you it, eating cereal for dinner? <laughs> Although I, I, I think, yeah, it, it was one of my better dinners that week. Again. <laughs> Wieners, you're a mess. All right, Gravel. <laughs> so 65% male. I think that's yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, 41% 16 to 24, right? Mm-hmm. So that's even younger than you guys. Yeah. So seriously, once you guys get on Periscope, I think all the young guys will be like, we're not on Periscope anymore because <laughs> the old people got on it. Man, that's depressing. I know it is. <laughs> what else can you tell me about Periscope? Well, kind of the, the things that Periscope has going for it right now is it will play directly within your Twitter feed. Yeah. Yeah. And I know we've talked about it before. And, and actually, somebody, I think, tweeted some questions at us about Periscope or Facebook. And we gave kind of like, well, where's your audience sort of answer, right? But I, I would use it, right, when we're managing a channel because that's where the audience tends to be. It's been rare that I have been on Twitter and seen a scope going live and tuned in. Like if I'm on Twitter on the desk, has anybody done that? Yeah, so that's one of the big things about Facebook live stream now is that they are competing with Periscope because their live stream is there forever. So so much like Facebook just barging in on the space, hey. you are barging in on the <laughs> I'm just saying... <laughs> Whenever you're on Twitter, okay. you're scrolling through your feed really fast. That's right. So if there is a Periscope going on, you, the chances of you catching that are pretty slim. Yeah. So Okay, so Jessica James, let's know. We're going to keep you up, up at the mic. Good work, Bria Bell, by the way. Sorry, nice. Maria. Yeah. Somebody get Wiener some special K with red berries. <laughs> <laughs> Just sit in the background eating cereal. Talking to the up top, Facebook live streaming kind of rolled out for special people last year. Yeah. Right? Celebrities. And, and I would say almost quietly this year for regular people. Yeah, the beginning of January. And then what's been going on this week? Because we were all gathered around your desk watching some Facebook announcements. Yeah, so they revealed their new filters, um, reactions that you can use. You can draw on the screen very similar to uh, other apps that we've seen, Snapchat. Mark Zuckerberg got online mm-hmm. to do a live stream, and it didn't work. It failed. They said it was because he wanted to change locations. Mm. You know, yeah, uh, that's kind of the downfall of life. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, um, as, as we'll find out next week, I'm yes, sure. Yes, yes. 
So, um, you know, he got back on and he did about a 15 minute Q&A from yeah. the live stream room where all his live stream workers yeah. were. Yeah. Um, it was really pretty cool. Um, they had comments scrolling in, lots of them, and he had some really good insights. Yeah, and so I saw an article, and it, I think the headline was like, Zuckerberg is all in on live streaming. Like yeah. They are not putting an insignificant amount of resources. No, he, I mean, he's always said video is going to dominate Facebook, and he's even mentioned that, you know, they may have a special place for video on Facebook in the future. Now, we did do some Facebook live streaming when we were doing a back channel event last month. That's, that's right. Thanks, Wiener. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That was when you were eating your cereal and <laughs> what we were talking about, right? Yummy. So here's what was interesting. The back channel was su successful for folks at the show who wanted to know what was upcoming, right? But when we, when we dual streamed and we did something on Facebook, we got a lot more engagement from people who follow this organization but couldn't make it out to the show, right? So I thought that was really interesting. It's like when I was on Twitter, I was, I was doing these interviews kind of for the people who were there living it in real time. But then when we did it on Facebook, it was kind of for the cubicle army of the people who couldn't make the trip out to Las Vegas and Wiener. And so let me ask you this, though. If I, I fire up a live stream, it's going to go to my friends, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And the friends who, you know, I show up on their feeds. How do I get it to a bigger audience? Um, you can promote it. Um, and you can also have ask people to subscribe. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll send out a reminder or an event. Yeah. Hey, Pete's going to live stream yeah. in 10 minutes. Check us so, out. And so, like, people could become subscribers to me if I live stream without necessarily being my Facebook friends. Yeah. So they could just get my live streaming goodness and no pictures of my kids or the ferret. I think so, yeah. Okay. What about monetization? What about monetization? Do any of the uh, clearly Meerkat has not done it? Sorry, Wiener. <laughs> Eat your cereal. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> tell me, tell me how these two companies are going to make money with this. Um, I think that a lot of brands are going to pick up on this, and they're yeah. going to have some live stream videos yeah. that they're going to be sharing. For sure, right? Yeah, for sure. It's going to be huge. I'll be interested to see what There's live stream. There's something exciting about though. it, right? And I do feel like it is a feature aimed at the cubicle armies of America or the world because it was neat when you brought it up and we're all like well, what's going on over here we all want to see you know it kind of reminded me like i watched a live stream of the ipad launch announcement but i had to go to you know this was way back in like 2008 or 2007 it was it was a bit of an ordeal just to get it to play so how about twitter do you know um i think that it's mostly just used for content marketing like yeah. hey here's our product here's our brand here's yeah. i would say this twitter's been having a tough couple of years here right yes. they're losing users they haven't know. grown any that's right mm -hmm. now this move into video seems to make sense to me right so they bought periscope but they bought periscope before it even launched right i believe wiener 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 doubts it he's eating special k i wish that was true <laughs> me too <laughs> <laughs> um that might not be true no okay we'll don't double check okay i, I think okay. it's true I'm, okay i'm rarely wrong okay that's true I okay think it's right. okay so but so they bought Periscope, and I think that was a huge win for them okay. because they needed something unique about the platform. Now, I just saw last week they signed a deal where they're going to be streaming NFL Thursday Night Football on Twitter. So they're, I, I think they're just trying to figure out, like, to the extent that all social, and I think the Internet in general is going to be video, that, that Twitter I, – see, I just can't tell. Is Jack Dorsey like, let me do some things to get us in the news and maybe pick up some users, or has he embraced – in the way that I think Zuckerberg has this idea that it's all going to be video. What do you think? Can you repeat the question? Yeah. <laughs> do periscopes, all right, this is another periscope thing. And then we're going to, we're going to do our general questions here, but this is, do periscopes show up in moments? Ooh, they, 
do if they're relevant. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they do. So like if something was happening yeah. and they either created a moment or a hashtag or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Periscope is still, I think, the best way to get that kind of real-time information, right? Some, something happens, God forbid, somewhere in the world and I want to see what's going on. Or maybe something great. Let's just say it's something great. Something great happens. I can't yeah. think of what that would be like. World a, peace. A rainbow free of pu- kittens. Free puppy day, right? Or, okay, rainbow. That'd be nice, right? So that happens in the world. I think Twitter still has that sort of real-time advantage. Mm-hmm. Even though Facebook's doing this stuff in real time, it still feels very staid in a way. Well, kind of like I have, to, I have to make a mental decision to get onto Facebook anymore that feels a little weightier to me than when I get on Twitter. <laughs> it well, it's true because Facebook is all people that you really know. Yeah. It's this closed yeah. off garden of yeah. you and your network, yeah. and it's just real people in yeah. your real life. Twitter, yeah. mostly strangers. Yeah. You know? But but those but that special of venues though. I mean, I don't know if that's a great prognosis because you're basically saying that you see Twitter as becoming the CNN of social platforms. Uh-huh. Like not a lot of general audience but you know this is your go-to spot say like election season or Mm -hmm. whenever there is this great amazing and not at all horrible thing in the world but i i i can't imagine that twitter wants to become known as the cnn of social destinations so what what do you think they're doing just trying to do whatever they can to keep users or i i don't know i i think I think they have that, I think Twitter, unlike the other ones, still has like a very dedicated user base. Mm -hmm. They're just having, yeah, it's just how do you solve this onboarding issue? And I don't know if Periscope makes that any easier. I mean, frankly, like, you know, if you're just getting used to Twitter to suddenly get used to a a separate video app as well. And, you know, it is Twitter, but it's not Twitter. Do I have to load this separately? I I don't know. And the other question that I, I saw come up a lot when researching everyone's favorite platform meerkat is <laughs> you know i mean there's a moment you know, of silence <laughs> go ahead great there's you know wi- widespread agreement and the numbers show sure video is is big and you know people respond to video yeah. that hasn't yet translated to live streaming video yeah and the question is will that you know are all of these changes just going to force that through right. you know there was a study last year that found that only like 20 percent of people still do live streaming mm-hmm. and it's just are people unfamiliar with it or yeah. are they uncomfortable with it yeah it's interesting okay so last question so we're doing the mega stream and it's going to be on periscope and on facebook and on meerkat we think Ooh. possibly a fourth right one of the old guards how do you guys think it's going to go what can we look forward to you guys did not read <laughs> these questions it is very clear nobody <laughs> read the questions <laughs> I think it will be interesting to see how the streams perform against each other yeah. as far as timing goes. Are they going to be, yeah. you know, one's going to be way ahead of the other. Yeah. I'm also interested to see how the comments work yes. in Facebook versus Periscope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, will one be like all the disgusting Randy people are saying, right. awful, like, is that specific to one network or not? Or I yeah. think the resulting video showing all the network side yeah. by side, yeah. I think that's going to be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I think the experience itself might be a little underwhelming, but... Well, here's what I like about it. I was thinking about it because I am spending no small amount of time planning this. (laughs) Lauren Michaels always says about Saturday Night Live, he goes, we don't go on because we're ready. We go on because it's 1130. And that's what I like about having it. And we've set the time today. We're excited about it. And then we're going to just see what happens. Great. Winner, I... (laughs) So here's, here's my problem looking at the three, having three of you in here. 
you always look like you have something to say. I think it's because you you do you like raise your eyebrows. I'm like, oh, Wiener's got something good. Wiener, mm-hmm. and then you're always like, good. Gee, you just look mad at me. <laughs> I don't know if it, you're angry with me. I'm not. Okay. But you're building a wall between us, literally <laughs> on <know>. our cube. <laughs> it's just so I can have some privacy when okay. I take naps underneath my cubicle. <laughs> we can still hear the snoring though. <laughs> I know you can. I give you guys permission to periscope that next time I take a nap <laughs> if I'm snoring. Done. Okay. <laughs> Very good. All right, so I know, although the three of you did very poorly with the general questions, you all were well-researched, and I thank you for that. Was there anything in your research about each of your networks that I failed to ask about that you think is kind of relevant to what we're talking about? We're going to start with Bria Val. Yeah. Hey. Um, one point that was made is that Periscope is still an unsaturated network. Yeah? Yeah. And I think that's important because when you're a new brand or you want to get your voice out there yeah. and you're not a heavyweight on any of the regular yeah. social media networks, yeah. it's good to find something a little more offbeat yeah. that not as many people are using. All right. Wiener, what do we got from your cat? Sure. So uh, I, I I learned the question I hadn't really thought about before with all this video is, you know, will does like a one-to-many broadcast, will that ever make sense for the majority of users? Or will there always just be this small sliver of like very active and very engaged, you know, like media personalities and celebrities? Will we, will something crack through that? And I don't know if anything has yet. I, I, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if people will ever be comfortable with this format where it's both, you know, that public and you can't edit yourself. I mean, I agree that we're definitely there with social in general being, yeah. you know, for that's, you know, there's just a lot of great digital news outlets, but Well, I would say that the people who are successful right now on Periscope, they have that natural ability where when a weird comment comes in, they can very gracefully respond to it, not get flustered, keep their cool and and keep Mm -hmm. rolling. And so that's who's really rocking Periscope right now. But I agree that is not the majority of us (laughs) who can do that well. All right, Jessica James. Hi. What are you going to share with me that I failed to ask about? Okay, so Facebook live stream, you can use it in Facebook groups and in events. So how are you talking about behind the scenes at an event? Yeah. That would be really good there. Yeah. Nice. That's all. I would watch those. Aren't they? I think that's a cool idea. Cool. Yeah. I, I think, too, I, I, Facebook, I mean, does not have a whole lot of reasons somebody 16 to 24 wants to use it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, my kids just have just zero interest in it. All right, who's going to win? Facebook Live. Definitely not Meerkat. <laughs> Probably Facebook. Woohoo! <laughs> 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 Facebook. <laughs> All right, so this was fun. I liked having three people on here. I'm listening on the cans, and I think we're going to have some real problems with the audio. But I think we had some good stuff in here. I just, I think we had, we had to find our way to it. How do you guys feel about it? Good. Yeah, good. this is nice. It's fun. Nice. Yeah. Okay, very good. Uh, so maybe we'll do it again. And then... All of you guys are participating in the mega stream. Woohoo! <laughs> so you'll be back for that. And Briavel, you've got a couple more segments for this podcast, right? Okay. Okay. Very good. Well, thanks, everyone. Yup. Wiener, don't leave your cereal in here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Something on the internet that makes me laugh. All right, we've gotten to my favorite part of the show. Something on the internet guaranteed to make you laugh. Now, the recording of this segment was actually the subject of the first ever Mindset Digital Megastream. Because we live-streamed the recording of it on Periscope, Facebook, YouTube, and Meerkat at the same time using our special camera rig, the Streaminator. 
which holds four phones at once. We had planned this to be about a 10-minute segment. If you watched when it streamed live on one of those four channels, you know it turned out to be about 24 minutes long. And so I'm not going to play the entire segment to you in this podcast, but instead I'm editing together excerpts. If you didn't see the mega stream when it broadcasts live, you're in luck. It lives now as a video on Mindset Digital's YouTube page, also on our Facebook page. And of course, we'll put links to those videos and all the funny stuff that we shared during the recording of the segment in the show notes. All right, here it is, the historic first ever Mega Stream. All right, welcome to the first Mindset Digital Mega Stream. My name's Pete Brown. I am creative director at Mindset Digital. I'm also host of the Mindset Digital podcast. Now, next week, we're dropping our new episode It's our live streaming showdown. Now, as we were recording this, we realized it would be silly to do a podcast about live streaming without live streaming part of the podcast. So that's what we're doing today. You're going to see part of the Mindset Digital podcast get recorded, but you're also going to really be privy to what we believe is the first mega stream, certainly for Mindset Digital, because we are live on four networks right now. We are on Periscope. We are on Facebook live streaming. We are on Meerkat. Kevin, are you nodding? Yeah, we are on Meerkat and we are live on YouTube. So this is my favorite part of every podcast, and we like to end every podcast with something that's really funny that's going to make people laugh. So uh, traditionally what we do is we bring in Becca the Millennial. So Becca, come on in now. Hi, Pete. How's it going? Good. How are you? How do you think the mega stream's going so far? Fantastic. Looks great. And if you if you had to guess what this is doing for my career, is it moving it up? Oh, is totally. moving it down? No, I mean upwards. Right, very good. So Becca uh, comes in at the end of the podcast with something that she's found that's supposed to make me laugh. This is what I thought. I thought this was a choice assignment for you. Like I was giving you the best job I had to give out in the company, which is find some funny stuff on the internet that's going to make me laugh. And you said it was very stressful it for you. It was very stressful. And why is that? It, I had to find something guaranteed to make me laugh. And there's a big difference in our humor mm-hmm. and our age. Yeah. So what I think is funny might not translate very well. I got you. All right. No worries. No worries. So... What we decided to do was for this episode, I would find something on the internet that would make you laugh. Is that right? Yes. Very good. I'm very excited. Yeah. And then I was so confident in what I found. I said that I would find something that would make all the millennials in the office laugh. Is that correct? That is correct. All right. So we're going to bring in some more millennials now. Come on in, guys. All right. So first of all, let's see who's here. We've got uh, Briavel. Hey. Hi, Briavel. You look a little bit nervous. You want to shake it out a little bit? Raise my arms or speak more loudly. I think they want to speak more loudly. All right. (laughs) Very nice. So, uh, and I'm sure right now we're getting lots of comments of people going, Wiener's not a millennial. (laughs) So I just want to clarify, you just turned 30. I did. Right? So you just squeaked in. All right. Who knows what this show is that we're looking at now? Any idea, Briavel? Andy, No. Andy Griffith? No. Andy Griffith, it's good. It's a good try. They're both black and white shows. Is it Mr. Ed? Mr. Ed, all right, nice. <laughs> have, have any of you ever seen a, an episode of Mr. Ed? Yes. All right, Wiener, can you tell us tell us what is Mr. Ed? And, and make sure you lean in because sure. we are we're recording for the podcast and the mega stream at the same time. Sure. So a horse is a horse, of course, of course. That's actually all I remember. He's a talking, okay. he's a talking <laughs> horse, and he has an owner, and I was really never clear what he did. Yeah. Okay, so this is a show Mr. Ed was on from 1961 to 1966, okay? This would be a show that I would watch as a rerun as a child. And Mr. Ed was this talking horse. This was his owner. His name was Wilbur. He was played by a man named Alan Young. And the joke with Mr. Ed was that he would talk, but only to Wilbur. So oftentimes the narrative would steer to a place where Wilbur needed Mr. Ed to kind of back him up on something, and he'd be like, you tell him, Ed. 
and Mr. Edwin Toth. Right? Mr. Ed, by the way, was he was played by a um, a horse named Bamboo Harvester, right? Which I like because that is totally going to be the next job I get after I get fired for this thing that's going on right now. That's just a joke. <laughs> Making sure. All right, the boss is like, okay, just a joke. So we're going to switch now. We got any baseball fans here? Can you tell me who we're looking at now? No. Are you guys aware that this is a baseball player? Looks like it. Okay. Well, you're looking at a man named Sandy Koufax. Okay, Sandy Koufax was a pitcher around the same time Mr. Ed was popular. Very, very, very good. Okay, in his career, he threw four no-hitters. He threw a perfect game. So what I want to show you today that's going to make you laugh is a hugely important cultural moment where Mr. Ed meets Sandy Koufax. Are you guys ready to see this? Oh, I'm sorry. First, I want to talk about the 1990s. It's called building tension. If you guys had come to some of my brown bag sessions on storytelling, you'd know. What were you guys doing in the early 1990s? Being born. You were being born, yep. Becca, okay. I, I was born, so. Also born? Starting school. Wiener was starting school. Yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. so a little treat for you guys. This is what I look like. <gasps> That's I know. awesome. That's so great. I know, right? <laughs> That's young Pete Brown as a college freshman at Ohio University, right? Hanging out. This is my car. It was an AmeriCorps XR4TI Turbo. <laughs> Pretty nice, right? So why do I want to tell you? I want to tell you what college was like in the early 1990s, okay? Because you would go out at night, right? What would happen in my dorm, all the guys would be like this, and my friend Brady would dump Paul Sebastian Cologne on all our hands, and we would put it on, and we'd go out at night, right? And then you would get separated, you know, if you went to a club or a party or whatever, and then that was it. You wouldn't see your friends until probably the next day, right? Because we didn't have cell phones. One evening, I came home, it was about 2.30 in the morning, um, and I put on the TV and Mr. Ed was on. Okay, so I'm watching Mr. Ed. And I remember, I remember this very clearly because it had been a complex evening for me socially. I have a hard time with social cues. I didn't understand a lot of what was going on. And I remember Mr. Ed came on and I thought, oh, thank God. It's just a simple narrative that I can follow. My brain can unwind. I know that something's gonna happen with him and Wilbur, right? And as it turns out, Mr. Ed goes to Dodger Stadium to meet Sandy Koufax and Leo DeRoche. Do you guys wanna know why he goes or can we just kind of see the clip? Let's just see, see the clip. clip. Okay. <laughs> so Mr. Ed comes out to the park and everybody's there like wondering why Wilbur and his horse are on the field and he picks up a bat in his mouth. So that's about where we're going to pick up this clip. Now before we go, here's the thing about live streaming. I have no idea if I have the rights to show, show this on air. So what we're going to do is turn this monitor, and I apologize for you watching the Megacast, but check into the podcast next week and you'll be able to get the link to this clip and watch it yourself, right? But although it is on YouTube, I honestly don't know the right, right situation. And it's one of the things about live stream that's a little bit tricky. All right, you ready, millennials? Ready. Ready. So let me tell you, I am, first of all, totally relieved that you guys laugh because I showed my kids last night and they did not laugh at that at all, right? So, but here's why I think it's so funny. Right? You're following this absurdity where you've accepted a talking horse 
who can call a baseball manager on the phone and get invited to the park and even pick up a bat and take batting practice, hit an inside the park home run. And then when he goes to slide, which by the way, if you look, the catcher was climbing up on the backstop, right? <laughs> yeah. Ed didn't need to slide at all. He had a clear path. What, what's clearly a plastic model being dragged by a string. <laughs> And then oh. it just punctuates, right? It's like, it's like, did you think that Mr. Ed was sliding for real? No, I didn't think about it. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Ed's slide is one of the greatest things. So I was worried that you weren't going to laugh, so I queued up a second thing for you guys to watch while we take some questions and do some shout-outs, all right? So millennials, I want you to go ahead and enjoy. This is Fritz the Golden Retriever trying to catch food. Oh, my God. So, so cute. So I think with that, we're gonna wrap up the very first Mindset Digital Megacast. First of all, how do you guys think it went? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Awesome. Are you guys just mm -hmm. saying that because, be, because it because went Because our boss is right there. Yeah, <laughs> very good, so. But also I think it was a lot of fun. It was right? a yeah. lot of no, fun. No, it was awesome. Yeah. And I think that's the thing to remember. If this stuff isn't fun, great. it is not worth doing. So, all right, so we are gonna wrap up now. Thanks for joining us on the first ever Mindset Digital. Okay, it's about 24 hours now after the mega stream, and I just wanted to follow up with some very initial early data that we collected, as well as some thoughts on how it went. Of the four channels, we had the most engagement on Facebook, and uh, now the video lives there, so I anticipate the view count will continue to grow probably slowly, but people might uh, still be able to find it there on our page. Periscope came next, you know, at Mindset Digital, Twitter is one of our primary channels. So Periscope came next, which is not surprising. Periscope's also where we had the most actual interactivity with viewers, uh, commenting, giving us hearts, having things to say. So Meerkat came in third, uh, which I think we expected. But what was interesting was, first of all, it was very close to Periscope in terms of the number of viewers. Uh, although those who did view us on Meerkat, very limited in interactions. I think we only had one or two comments come in while we were recording. Finally, YouTube brought up the rear, uh, which isn't surprising. And I think it's because, you know, we did use a third-party app called Emos to broadcast from a phone directly to our YouTube channel. The audience on YouTube just isn't expecting to, to go to a channel to find a live stream yet so right they're going there looking for content that's been uploaded and that lives there but that might change once Google releases YouTube connect and live streaming on YouTube from your phone becomes more of a thing that people are aware of I would note too that the, the phone that was running the YouTube live stream actually had the lowest position on the Streaminator camera rig and because of that there are times where the top of the frame gets cut off a little bit so while it was our only horizontally aligned phone the framing that we were able to get with it was was less than ideal and that that just reminds me that I, I want to comment just quickly on the sort of production value of the mega stream because you know, I remember last December I was teaching a workshop for a bunch of arts organizations and we were talking about live streaming and one of our activities was to get on Periscope, get on Meerkat, and find some live streams. And somebody in the audience said, and maybe it was me, but somebody said, hey, there's just a lot of crap on here. And that's true. Because when you go on Periscope or Meerkat or one of these services, you see a lot of people just have pulled their phone out and they're just filming what's around them. And there's no real production value to it. So with the mega stream, I wanted to bring some production value to it, right? I, I'm a, a guy who comes out of the world of video production and television and film. But I also understand that it's social media and it's the internet. And 
really the hunger for content that these channels have doesn't necessarily match up very well with traditional video production techniques and production expectations. So all of this is my roundabout way of saying I was not thrilled with how the Megastream looked. And I think there are things that we can do uh, to make it look better, but it's still, despite all of the work and pre-planning and pre-production work that we put into it, you know, bringing in lighting, setting up a set, building the, the streaminator, it still had a very raw look and feel to it. Audio is a huge challenge when using any of these live streaming apps. So, so the producer and director in me was disappointed with the audio and the visuals of the Megastream. But what was interesting was uh, the millennials seemed to really enjoy it, right? They have a different expectation expectation around production value and one of them said to me look it's it's the internet you just we're, we're expecting bad audio that's how it's supposed to be and what this tells me is I, I think there's a middle ground that we haven't quite landed on yet right a middle ground between full-on high production value like you do for a television show or a film and completely raw zero production value Here's what my phone sees. You know, I know that in order to feed the content demands of social media, we need to democratize production in such a way that we're still getting a higher quality look and feel and sound, but doing so in a very affordable and quick kind of way. But overall, I want to say just in planning and, and executing the Megastream, we learned a lot. We learned a lot about production, but uh, more about what resonates and doesn't resonate on these channels. And so my personal feelings about the visual presentation aside, I want to say the experience really was a lot of fun. It was fun for me. It was fun for everybody who was involved with it. It was just one of those fun projects that go on at the office that everybody wants to, to get in on. So, But that doesn't mean it wasn't hard. It was hard. And honestly, I remember having a conversation with Kevin, the cameraman, where I I just said at one point, why do you think that live streaming, which I thought would be this huge thing, still seems like it, it doesn't have total traction yet? And he said, well, because it's hard. Because planning a live stream and, and doing something live is hard. And just over a week ago, Facebook wanted to live stream a big announcement with a Q&A with Mark Zuckerberg. You might have gone to tune in on it. And what happened? It started up and after about 30 seconds, it stopped. And it went away for almost 10 minutes before it started again. And that's Facebook. But I didn't want to close on kind of that bummer note of, hey, we learned a lot and live streaming's hard. Good luck. But I want to share something with you about live streaming to close on that I thought was really interesting. And this is from Ben Rubin. Ben Rubin is the CEO of Meerkat. And after, after news that Meerkat was going to pivot their application into something else, something new, they went ahead and posted the internal memo that Ben Rubin had written to his investors and to his company about why they were doing this. And there were some really interesting insights in there. Chief among them, what you might expect. He, he writes, you know, while live video has become an interesting feature on top of Twitter and Facebook, it hasn't yet developed into a self-sustaining new network as we hoped we would do with Meerkat. And that does make sense, right? Live streaming on a channel that already exists is a nice add-on, but on its own, is it enough to, to sustain an entire social network? Probably not. It was this paragraph that really caught my eye, he says. And he, he's going through different reasons why he feels like Meerkat never got the traction that the initial buzz around it suggested it might get. And he writes, One thing we have learned is there is a very high emotional cost to being entertaining in a live format. And bringing on enough of a live audience to make it worthwhile is challenging too. And I love that phrase, a very high emotional cost. Because I'll tell you what, the Mindset Digital Megastream for a very modest-sized audience was emotionally draining. And we did it We did it after hours. And one of the benefits of doing it after hours is as soon as we were done, everyone could have a beer. And it was just one of those, oh, 
there was an emotional drain to it. And maybe as we do it, you know, as we plan more of these and we get better at them, it won't be quite so emotionally draining. But I certainly understand what he's getting at there. A final thought of his that I want to pass along is that it's still hard to know what what to live stream, right? I mean, it makes sense for celebrities to show us behind the scenes or, you know, oftentimes at Mindset Digital, we will manage the back channel for an event or a conference and we have made Periscope interviews part of those events. But he writes, this is Ben Rubin writing again, for most regular people, it has been hard to figure out when or even why to go live. It's different than sharing photographs. Think of it this way. Before Instagram, people already knew what constituted a beautiful photo and tried to take them. With live video, no one really knows what good live video is. And I think he's right there. I think I think the technology is a little bit ahead of our current thoughts about how to use it creatively and uniquely. Which tells me that there are a lot of unique creative things that use live streaming coming down the road. I don't know what they all are, but I know they're coming. And I know at Mindset Digital, we're planning to continue to use live streaming, and we have some interesting new ideas, because the cost of production is low. It's one of the few technologies I can think of where you can have an idea and be executing on it right away. And I think only good things can come from that sort of scenario. And that's the thought that I want to leave you with today. And to challenge all of you to go out and live stream some things of your own. Shoot me a note on Twitter if you do so I can tune in and see what you got going on. I'm at Pete Brown Says. And of course, you can reach us at Mindset Digital. My thanks to everyone at Mindset Digital who worked on this episode. And there were a lot of them, so many that I'm going to let Brieval tell you who they were in the outro. So until next time, and on behalf of everyone at Mindset Digital, I'm Pete Brown. Good times, everyone. Good times. This episode of the Mindset Digital Podcast was produced by Pete Brown, Jessica James, and me, Bria L. Schultz, and featured Matt Wiener, Mike Taylor, and Becca Anderson. The same group of people, plus cameraman Kevin Davison, produced the Mindset Digital Mega Stream. If you like the show, please let us know by leaving a review on iTunes or reach out directly at podcast at mindsetdigital.com. Some music in today's episode came from the website audionautics.com and is licensed under Creative Commons 3.0. Brian Hake and Kevin Davison created our interstitials. We'll be back in a few weeks with our next episode. On behalf of everyone at Mindset Digital, I'm Bria Schultz. Have a good one. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. horse is a horse, of course, of course, and no one can talk to a horse, of course, that is, of course, unless the horse is the famous Mr. Ed.